I am Jen Wilson, author and body, mind and soul coach. Welcome to the I Am podcast, where we explore who you are. I've got to go and pack my bag because I'm taking Emma home today and Alistair will be back saying, have you no packed your bag? And I haven't packed my bag. <laughs> so Janice, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, we were literally just talking there about the wisdom and you identified yourself as the old wise lady. Old, old wise lady, look at the grey hairs, old wise, <laughs> yes, I have, I have wisdom from many years, Jen, <laughs> to share. many lifetimes as well. Oh, I think previous lifetimes, I'm sure I was a witch in previous lifetimes because sometimes I, mean, I know stuff and I'm like, how did I know that? <laughs> I think it's coming from previous things. Yeah. I'm so the same as a witch. Or a healing lady or something, or yeah. something to do with natural stuff because it just feels so right for me to be yeah. promoting natural stuff now. And I'm absolutely convinced, me and, and loads of other people as well, uh, that have got, you know, useful information to impart. And there's no time like now to tell people how to, you know, look after their health. And I don't mean by going and taking drugs. I mean by looking to see what is around, what is available. And there's stuff everywhere if you know what to do with it. And then how to prepare it and how to cook it. But again, it's just going back to herbalism and, you know, nature and foraging and looking after yourself. And with all the new knowledge that's coming up now in the gut microbiome, that's the kind of stuff that's more, it's it's not new in terms of the fact that, you know, your gut basically impacts your health on every level. But the research is just starting to become more and more and more. And it's now out there that your gut is, is the root of everything. That's where your immunity, 80% of it is in your gut, is massively affected by what you eat, what you think. Um, you know, drugs, pesticides, artificial sweeteners, all the basic crap that most people eat all the time negatively impacts your gut, which means that you don't have you don't have the immunity that you should have, nor would you enjoy the same sort of vital, uh, vital health that you, you could have. And a lot of people just settle for, oh, well, this is as good as I'm going to feel, especially people getting older. You know, you think people think, oh, I'm going to get arthritis. Oh, I'm just going to have this. I'm going to have that. I have absolutely no intention of having anything. I'll be 60 this year and I am perfect health. I feel really well. I don't have any health issues. And if I do have any health issues, then I will be addressing it through listening to what my body's trying to tell me. And I'll be addressing it through my gut. Um, and as I say, if I'm out of balance, which would be quite highly unusual because I just eat fermented stuff all the time. I'm totally addicted to it. That's what it's done to me. It's made me feel so good that I can't stop eating it. So all the fermented stuff and the sauerkrauts and the kombucha and the plant-based food, which is the food that I love anyway. You know, yeah. so all of that stuff for me keeps me well. It keeps me well on every level. I have sensitive skin I can't use. These antibacterial alcohol things, I cannot use them. I'm not using them. I've got lovely skin now. I don't use anything other than stuff that I make myself that's probiotic that supports my skin health. And to put on all these alcohol things that are stripping all the natural oils off your skin, that's to protect your skin. So again, I don't buy into that. I use soap and water and that works fine for me. Yeah, I, I was listening to somebody talking the other day, and I don't know if this is just in America, um, that some of the antibacterial hand wipes have actually got an active antibiotic ingredient in it. Oh my and God. if you are then rubbing that into your hand, within 30 days you're going to become antibiotic resistant to that. Now, I don't know what our um, 
fancy back stuff here is. I don't know if we have that I'm in any of them. Is that triclosan that used to get put into all the antibacterial things and that massively negatively impacts your gut bacteria? Mm -hmm. uh, and again, for a long time, that was like next best thing. Oh, let's put that in it. No, absolutely not. Because again, that's what people don't realise. A lot of things that go into products and foods negatively impact your gut bacteria. Uh, even things like artificial sweeteners, which are a total waste of time. They don't help anybody to lose weight. Nobody. They don't do a damn thing other than interact with your gut bacteria all the way through your colon because they're not digested. Your brain, when you take something that's artificially sweet, your brain's expecting some calories to come because that's what normally, if you have something sweet, there's going to be calories attached to it. Something that like an artificial sweetener is so intensely sweet that your brain registers that there's food coming, nothing comes. But what it does is then, as I say, is it interacts with your gut bacteria all the way along your colon, you know, and, and not in a good way. Uh, yeah. And again, then what happens is you're then craving more something else to eat because, you know, there's no calories and they don't work. You know, diet stuff doesn't work at all. It's an absolute con. Um, yeah. So yeah, don't go for that. But again, there's loads of things, absolutely tons of things. Emulsifiers is another one. That, that you know, I'd said to so many people now with gluten free, and a lot yeah. of people have a problem with gluten, which is again a, a compromised gut. Especially, obviously, if you're celiac, you've got a massive problem. But anybody else with a compromised gut, and that's a hell of a lot of people these days. But the problem is with the gluten free foods, they use emulsifiers in them all the time because gluten holds things together. I mean, gluten does have a role to play, but. You take gluten out and then what they're doing is adding emulsifiers and all sorts of other additives. Uh, and there's two emulsifiers especially that, are, that damage, further damage your gut lining, which is polysorbate 80 and carboxymethylcellulose. So if anybody is using, going and buying gluten-free like bread and stuff instead of, you know, eating real food, then you really need to have a look at the labels in these things. And those two have been proven scientifically to damage your gut lining. Yeah, definitely. And gut lining is a very, very thin. And if your gut lining is damaged, that's going to, yeah, it's going to damage it even further. Yep, so that's what we, Western medicine is finally starting to catch up and understand about leaky gut. Like in the functional medicine world, they've been talking about leaky oh, yeah. gut for decades. Decades in Western medicine had always kind of dismissed it, but yeah. people now seem to be getting a bit more on board. With leaky gut, so is yeah, that one? Yeah, and then yeah. people are then diagnosed with IBS. Yeah, that's a massive. I mean, so many people now have IBS. I mean, it's like a, a huge amount of people, mostly women actually, more women than men seem to suffer from it. IBS takes different forms. Yeah, I, I don't really know what's going on there. I mean, obviously, I mean, again, women, okay, hormones and everything are different. Women tend to take more stress on than men. Women have more, I don't know, complex lives, I guess, because a lot of women are like, trying to work, look after families, do the housework, and, you know, well, I'm not saying a lot of guys, but a lot of guys, they just, you know, go to the job, come back, don't bother. Women take on the majority of the caring uh, and, and the stress that comes with that. And stress is a massive player as well in terms of your gut. But again, there's IBS. You get IBS with diarrhea. You get IBS with constipation. You get IBS with bloating and pain. So you, there's all sorts of different things going on there. So all, all the gut stuff, it's actually quite complex. It's not a simple thing because there's so many other things going on. As I say, your gut is like where everything happens. If you, as you say, if you've got a leaky gut, I mean, your gut should be like, so like that. It should be really, really... Um, sort of sealed shut once as you 
say though that opening starts to sort of come, you'll get all sorts of stuff going into your bloodstream, which sets off an immune response. So yeah. your body then starts to react to things that are actually not dangerous things. Um, and it just sets off a whole chain of reactions that until you can actually seal that gut lining back up again, then that's going to be a continual problem that you'll have. Uh, and again, it's, it doesn't even necessarily need to be bad things that, that you eat. It can be anything like gluten, for example, is not a bad thing. It's just a big protein that can be quite difficult to digest. But if that gets in, and it shouldn't be in your blood. Food should not be in your blood. It should be in your gut. So if any food particles get into your bloodstream, that's going to launch an immune response. And again, it's then it's your body then starts that's a, a continued inflammation and you got all the time and that's a really difficult thing to deal with because it's that knock-on effect you've got a lot of inflammation in your gut that also negatively impacts you you got guys that are there because you like it all to be nice and you've got garden and you know have everything all calm and everything in its place if you've got loads of jaggy inflammation going on everywhere that makes it not a not an ideal environment for your gut bacteria either so there's all sorts of things but again yeah. it's a massively complex situation the gut and as I say with the whole the Crohn's colitis, IBS, uh, IBD, there's so many different things that are all linked to the gut but there's also loads of other diseases that are coming from the gut that you wouldn't link as a gut disease. You know yeah. skin problems, skin issues, they come from a disordered um, gut microbiome which is called dysbiosis which just means you don't have a good balance or you've got more of the bad guys and not enough of the good guys. But the thing is, because this is all relatively new, we don't even know what an ideal microbiome is. It's as unique as your fingerprints. We're all different. But we know the groups of microbes that do good things. And we know the ones that cause problems. But everyone can have a slightly different balance of those microbes. So again, there is no such thing as a, as a one-size-fits-all in terms of your gut microbes, nor is there a one-size-fits-all diet. But in terms of diet, it should be as plants, it's fiber. That's what we need to feed the good guys. And it's all the processed crap and the sugar and all the stuff that feeds the bad guys. And that's what, again, will create more of a dysbiosis of your feeding. The ones that you're feeding are the ones that are going to multiply. So if you're continually eating a crap diet full of sugar and stuff, you, these bad guys are going to get more and more and more. And that's the ones that you're feeding. And then what happens is they send messages to your brain to tell you to eat more of their food which is all the processed crap. And the other side, with me, I eat so much fermented stuff because I love it. So my gut is absolutely teeming with all the good guys, all the bouncers of the bacteria world that are continually sending messages to my brain to tell me to go and eat their food source, which is plants and fibre and, and sauerkraut and sourdough and all the stuff that I eat anyway. And as, as I say, you know, the, the microbes in your gut, you wouldn't believe the things that they're involved in. As I say, people think with cravings, oh God, I'm just have no willpower. I keep eating, you know, why can I not stop eating donuts and shoving, you know, cakes and stuff in my face? It's not you, it's your gut microbes. And again, anyone would know if you've had to take antibiotics, what happens is then a lot of the time you end up with thrush because that's candida that causes that and that's an imbalance. Antibiotics will kill off, okay, the bad, if you've got bad bacteria, will kill them off, they kill a lot of the good guys as well. And a lot of these guys, as I say, are like the bacterial bouncers. They're keeping the bad guys in check. But the bad ones, are, I mean, everyone has a balance of good and bad. So, I mean, we've all got, but mostly the bad ones are kept in check by your army of good guys. But if your army of good guys is decimated, the bad ones come out. And that's the candida. They then send a message to your brain to tell you to go and eat 
sugary stuff and donuts because mm-hmm. that's their food source. Once you start to do that, you get into that cycle of eating something sweet and then that sustains them. So then there's more messages getting sent to your brain to eat more crap stuff. So you get that horrible cycle of, you know, a sugar addiction going on. Um, yeah. But again, as I say, it's, it's a continual thing, you know, with, with gut health. It's not something that you can think, oh, well, I fixed my gut. Absolutely no way. Every single thing, you, you know, that you eat or you drink will either support your gut microbiome or it won't. So yeah. it's an ongoing thing. It's not something that you can think or people that think, oh, I'm going to take probiotic capsules. Once I've done that, that's me. Or then I can go and eat what the hell I like, which yeah. is absolutely not the case either. Because if you take probiotics, if you get these good guys in your colon, they need to be fed. If you're not eating, you know, enough fiber and enough of a variety of fibrous foods, then they are not going to thrive and they won't do anything. So it's a total waste of time. It's an ongoing thing. Yeah. And that what again is, people, is what I've discovered as well. Is that um, what about people who, when they eat fiber or they're eating foods that is considered healthy, that they end up really bloated? Um, you, am I back? Yeah. yeah. Okay. What about people yeah. who, when they're eating fiber, yeah, really bloated from eating oh, fiber? Yeah. But again, you know, there's a balance thing, Jen, too. So it's not like I wouldn't suggest everybody needs to start eating absolutely blooming loads of fiber because the other thing is, you know, with gut, what you want to do is you want to eat to keep inflammation in check. That that would be. If you have a, a gut issue, you don't suddenly, and obviously if you've got like colitis or Crohn's, you can't be eating tons of fiber all the time. But mm-hmm. what you need to do is then, as you say, to find the food that you know that you can eat. Because certain foods, there's no such thing really as like a good or a bad food. Okay, processed food is generally not good, but you know, a lot of people are not good with things like, you know, prebiotic fiber, like leeks and onions and garlic. A lot of people that will cause bloating, that that is good for your gut microbes. But here is where you have that whole sort of chicken and egg situation. It's like if you have a damaged gut, if you don't eat food that's going to feed your good gut microbes, then, and these good gut microbes, the microbes in your gut, they produce something called um, butyric acid and butyrate short-chain fatty acids which actually will heal your gut lining. But in the absence of you being able to eat any of fibrous foods, then how do these guys actually work and start to produce what your body needs to heal and seal your gut lining? But again, that's something that is a very much a, an individual thing that you have to just work. Oh, you're frozen. But, with, there are soluble fiber, which is really hard. Can you still hear me, Jen? Yeah, you're breaking up a wee bit. Yeah, so are you, right, I can hear you back now. Right, okay. what, what I was, right, I, I, maybe I should move, actually, I'm in the conservatories, maybe not best um, signal. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now, yeah. Right, that's fine. Well, what I was saying was, I mean, again, it used to be years ago, fibre, everybody thought, oh, just go and eat loads of all brand, which is mm-hmm. insoluble fibre, which is really harsh for a damaged gut, so absolutely not to do that. But again, you know, you get soluble fibre from fruit, you get insoluble fibre from all sorts of whole grains, nuts and seeds. But again, if your gut is damaged and you find that you're getting bloating and you can't deal with certain things, it's just a trial and error thing to try a small amount of certain things until you find a level that you can tolerate. Um, yeah. You know, but things like resistant starch, which is um, cold potatoes, cold pasta, cold rice is another form polyphenols also your gut love polyphenols which you get in berries 
Uh, you know, so all your dark berries, blueberries, um, brambles, all your natural thing, olives, these kind of things will also feed your gut bacteria without piling in loads of fiber. So if your gut is compromised, yeah, absolutely, don't suddenly start eating loads and loads of fiber, but you have to get some form of food for your gut microbes in, into your diet, you know, at some point. And that, as I say, can be, there's all sorts of things. There's fiber and things that you wouldn't think would have fiber in. All your herbs, you know, all your herbs and spices have polyphenols, so they work. So even, again, as I say, even in a day, if you're managing to get something that is going to be beneficial for your gut. So obviously, as I say, you can, not everybody can, and I wouldn't suggest that everyone does eat a whole load of fiber because if you're not used to it, absolutely, it can cause a lot of bloating because if that's your gut bacteria basically having a massive party in your gut if they're not used to all of that stuff. Yeah. yeah but again, you also get people that have SIBO, which is like small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which is a lot of bacteria, but in the wrong place, in the small colon as opposed to the large colon. So if you have that, even if you're eating a, a healthy diet, if those bacteria are in the wrong place, you don't want them to be there. So you don't want to be feeding them and putting more of them in if they're in the wrong place. You need to sort of clear you know, to clear that out and make sure that they're in the right place, which is in your large colon. But a lot of people end up with them in the wrong place, which can cause problems and bloating and all sorts of stuff as well. How would you find out if that's what the issue was? It was SIBO and not just the wrong bacteria? Yeah, but again, that, that would be something that would be a very useful thing to find out because if that's mm -hmm. the case, it means then you might have good bacteria, but they're, they're in the wrong place. Yeah. So again, there are ways that you would need to sort of either a stop eating as much fiber, so that kind of a starve them out from there, and then reestablish them. Yeah. Or, but again, it's it's quite a complex thing. It, it's not it definitely when it comes to gut health, it is not a simple you know one fix. It's so complicated, Jen. That's the thing. But can you go to the doctor and get a test for SIBO? I don't know. Yes, I think you can because I think you it's a know. best thing because right. what happens is. If you have bacteria in the small intestine and they are getting to work and producing gases and stuff, you can detect it in your breath. Whereas right. if they're in the large colon, then yep. you know, whatever they're doing doesn't come up that far. So yes, yeah. you can you can yeah. get a test done. I remember so when I had um, Helicobacter, that was you yeah. they did a blood test first and then the second test was for and it was a breath test that I had to go to. Again, helicobacter, I mean, everyone has it. It's not necessarily mm. a bad thing, but it is a bad thing for some people. Yes. But it's not a bad thing for other people because it has a role to play. But yeah. if it gets out of control and, and you are somebody that's got a lot of all the other, you know, sort of things that are going to cause you to have a stomach ulcer or upset, then it might be, it can be a problem, but it's not mm. always a problem. It's not inherently a bad bacteria, but it can be. Is the same way as if you have SIBO and you've got a lot of good bacteria but in the wrong place, that's not necessary, that's not a good thing either. Yeah. Um, but, but again, going back to the whole food things and it's, you know, what is a healthy food? Some people, you know, can eat, I mean, like my daughter Laura, for example, she, I mean, she has quite a lot of like digestive issues going on, bloating and stuff. And I took her to have a food intolerance test. It was years ago, she's only 19 now, but when she was a teenager, and it was things for her like quinoa. She cannot eat quinoa. And again, she was here at the weekend. We tried it again because we had we, that was part of what we were eating. And she tried it. Terrible bloat. Just immediately has to go to the toilet. So although quinoa is a massively healthy thing, it's yeah. not okay for everyone. Not for everyone, yeah. 
Yeah, so again, nobody else can tell you what is the right diet for you, but you can have a bit of an idea and think, right, okay, I'm going to try different things. I mean, that FODMAP diet that some people have to try, that to me is like the most restrictive. You could not possibly do that long term because that is essentially taking out all the food for your gut bacteria, all of it. Uh, and again, that is not a sustainable way to go. If you've got terrible symptoms and you just need to give yourself a break, then perhaps to do that as a short-term thing, but that should only ever be a short-term thing because you will just end up starving out all your good gut microbes and then you'll have to start building them all back up again. So it would be a short-term thing so that you could then get in and maybe heal the gut, the gut lining? Mm-hmm. What are your top tips? Because I know we've spoken about um, this before, like your top tips for helping the gut lining heal. Right. Well, what I've said with the gut lining, Jen, is there's a group, there's quite a few different microbes in your gut that what they do is they manufacture butyrate. Most of it is actually produced in your gut from microbes. You get a bit of butyrate from the organic butter, but not that much. The majority of it is produced in your gut by your gut microbes. And what butyrate does is it it heals your gut lining and these microbes as well fight inflammation all the time. And if you have an inflamed gut, obviously you have got inflammation all the time. So you need a lot of these guys that will be, um, I imagine them in your gut coming in like damping down all the inflammation with big hoses and things, but that's an ongoing thing. Um, You know, so, but again, as I say, if you don't have the, there's various groups are called, I think they're in the Firmicute group, can't remember, I had a gut test done, so I had like absolutely loads of these guys, so which meant I literally have zero inflammation in my body because I've got so many of these bacteria producing butyrate, which will a, it fuels the cells in your gut lining. And again, your gut lining is like it's essentially like a cell thick, so you can imagine how easy that is to be damaged. But again, the interesting thing is with the gut, gut bacteria, they do the same job as drugs do. You know, you'll, get, you'll be given drugs that, are, that will fight inflammation, but so do these bacteria. They will fight inflammation, but they won't cause the negative side effects. But again, it goes back to that catch-22 chicken and egg thing. If you can't eat, you know, if you find that you can't eat enough of the foods that are going to feed these bacteria to do the job for you, that, that's a very difficult thing to try and figure out. Where is your balance point? How much, you know, can you manage to eat any sort of food that will actually start to then impact in these gut bacteria and then they will do the job of keeping you well because that comes back to it is your immune system and your body is actually there to to keep you well to fight off infection and bacteria to damp down inflammation to kill off rogue cells before they become cancerous all of this should be going on if we have a strong and robust immune system but the problem is these days so many people's immune system and their immunity is compromised because they don't understand that you need to give your body the building blocks that it needs to in order to be able to do the job of keeping you well and that does come down to you have to eat a diet that has enough fiber polyphenols to feed the bacteria in your gut that are going to do all these incredible jobs for you and I know, as I say, if, if, you know, there are a lot of people in Scotland that have a really poor diet, and these are the people that should really be, you know, thinking about what they're eating. If you're continually drinking fizzy drinks and eating, you know, white refined processed stuff, carbs, no fibre, these are the people that are going to be compromised. And I know if you're dealing with a gut issue, that is a massively complicated thing. And I know you've been through a hell of a journey yourself, Jen, with again remission and getting feeling great, and then it goes back down again. Again, things like stress can be a massive impact as well. 
definitely my trigger is emotional stress. And that, that again, and again, the, the whole women seem to have more of the, these kind of problems than men do because women, I think, take on more stress and we deal with it differently. We're more emotional people. So I, I, that's a massive thing as well. So, and again, you're a massively positive thinker, Jen, which also is incredibly important. You know, if, again, if you imagine it's like that placebo effect, you know, if you, you know, if somebody, I mean, to me, it's quite an incredible thing. You can give somebody a sugar pill and tell them it's the same as a, an actual drug and they actually get well. Yeah. Even more than that, there was a study I came across, it maybe a bit unethical, I don't know, but it was a, a study and it was for the knee or oh, knee operation. What they'd done was in two groups of people, they opened them all up, the knee, they did the actual operation in half of them and didn't actually do it and just sewed them back up again. And there was yeah. no difference in the recovery between the two groups because those people believed that, right, that's great, I've had that operation, so I'm okay. And again, that power of thinking. But again, for me, my, one of my wee favourite sayings is knowledge is power. When you have some knowledge, you think, right, okay, I am going to try and eat something today that's going to sustain my gut microbes. Whether, as I say, it's just putting some lovely fresh herbs on your food, making a nice healing soup with some lovely herbs and some nice forage stuff. You then are sending, you've got that message, you're sending that message of being, oh, great, I've just done something really good. I've just nurtured my gut microbes. I'm going to feel better. And nine times out of ten, you will feel better. Because yeah, you have something. And say, this is going to cause me a lot of bloating. Yeah. Chances of it causing you bloating are yeah. increased significantly. Yeah. But again, I think as well with that whole thing as well, it's the quality of the foods as well, Jen. So, I mean, if you can grow your own... I mean, I've got quite a lot of friends who are nutritionists. And even sometimes getting an organic version of something that you're eating can make a difference because again a lot of conventional stuff and again when it comes back down to wheat for example most people eat wheat at every single meal you know bread toast wraps pizza pasta cakes donuts pastries everything's got wheat in it and wheat is conventionally sprayed with glyphosate which is really a toxic weed killer so mm -hmm. if you are eating a lot of wheat-based stuff then it might make a massive difference eat either switch to rye Try rye bread instead of wheat or go for organic or switch out and try different things or have smaller amounts of things and see what your body can tolerate without causing the problems. And again, the whole FODMAP thing, it's like, yeah, okay, if you cut out all of those things, you're cutting out pretty much every fruit, every vegetable. But if you then have a bit of knowledge and you've got a bit of awareness about it and use your gut intuition, you, you're probably okay with small amounts of things. But again, it's, it's such a, a big journey to go through to discover what you're okay with. And nobody mm -hmm. else can tell you that. That is something that you have to discover yourself. And that can be different from one day to the next. If you're people on holiday generally, they're stress-free, having a great time, find that they can eat stuff that they wouldn't be able to eat if they came home because they're back into their, you know, they're working, they're looking after kids, they're doing all sorts of stuff. So it's that we see so balanced thing that you mm -hmm. have to work with all the time. And again, as you said, I mean, stress is a massive, massive trigger for a lot of people. Yeah. Alcohol is another one that a lot mm -hmm. of people think, oh God, I'm so stressed, I'm going to go and have a drink. You know, and again, alcohol can be a massively negative thing as well. Because yeah. it doesn't really change anything. And okay, I mean, I drink alcohol myself. I mean, I'm, but I mean, I'm incredibly fortunate because touch wood, I don't have any health issues. But if yeah. I did have any health issues, then I would absolutely be looking to see, okay, right, I'm going to go to my bed earlier. I'm not going to have my glass of wine at night. I'm not going to have a gin and tonic. I'll just cut that out. And I'll yeah. just stick with my glass of kombucha instead. But again, I am incredibly fortunate to have got the age that I'm at with no health problems. 
Um, so again, I'm, I, I can talk, okay, my, my sensitive skin is my health problem, but I've sorted that at the moment. Yeah. And I just have to be aware that I know the things that I can't use in my skin. So I don't use anything that's unnatural. Um, but, but then again, I would wonder, is that a sensitive skin or is that just your microbiome telling you that the plastic stuff is not good for you? Whereas if well, you've been brought up using all these more toxic, like off-the-shelf shampoos, yeah. conditioners and stuff, you've yeah. killed off the microbiome so it's not going to respond, or you have yeah. eczema or psoriasis that you just go, oh, well, that's just what I have, and you yeah. accept it. Well, do you know what the funny thing is as well? I mean, most people will have, you know, and most families have, you know, everybody's got a weakness in their system. Mm. For me, it's my skin. It, sensitive skin runs in my family. Okay. I, I never had an issue with my skin until about four or five years ago when my yeah. skin cleared up. It was my hair, first of all, because I used to be, you know, put like I'd be dying my hair. It was my scalp, mm -hmm. a dreadful, like really, really bad. And I tried my few natural things and then I thought, oh my God, there's something serious going on here. I'll have to go and see what it is. And I did have some kind of horrible, but it was like a contact dermatitis. So my body, after having used the same dye for years, all of a sudden my body decided, oh, yeah, hang on a minute, don't do that. Mm. So what I did was, I thought, oh my God, right, okay. I went to the doctor, I got the thing that I had to use just to calm it down. I used it for the shortest length of time. And then I thought, right, okay, I'm listening. My body's trying to tell me something. So I just stopped using all the shampoo, all the conditioner. Um, I just use natural. I've got an unscented Dr. Bronner's Castile soap that I use for um, my hair and for my body. I don't use any of my skin. I make. I use more kefir. I make um, um, probiotic kefir and I separate it out any curds and whey. I use whey for my skin and for my hair. So I, I, I had the knowledge to think, okay, my body's trying to tell me something. So I listened. Yeah. And I then discovered though, I mean, my skin reacts really badly. It flares up. I'm allergic to linalool, which you know, Jen, which is in everything that's got perfume in it, everything. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't use makeup. I don't, I've never have done it anyway. I don't need it. And I don't want to slap stuff in my face. It's going to damage my you know get into my, my gut and damage my microbiome so I don't use any of it but again it took me a good wee while to figure out what the hell was causing it was my hands I had the most awful like um, contact dermatitis in my hands and I, I did actually go and I used a steroid cream for two weeks because it was so bad and again it was it was a, a stress thing that triggered that off our old collie then had a major stroke that would be two years ago actually and I, my mum, my mum died of cancer, and I nursed my mum for the last couple of weeks of her life at home. Uh, and it kind of, when Ben, you know, I just it kind of brought back because I was using all my yeah. flour and using my rain game. Brought it over, and that that's what flared that. So again, my 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 weakness is my skin. For yeah. you, is your gut. Other yeah. people, it's their mental health. Other people, it's different things. Yeah. For me, it's my skin. So I know that if I'm out of, but it's not. For me, it's more a contact thing. I'm allergic to quite a lot of preservatives that, that go into things. I'm allergic to nickel. I, I'm allergic to, as I say, linalool, which is everything. But it's my hands and my face. The rest of my body is not so sensitive. But mm. I, I figured that out because I went and I got tested at the hospital. I said, I am not using steroid creams. I know that my body's trying to tell me something. There's something that my skin is reacting to. And it wasn't. I, I mean, I did think at one point I had psoriasis. And I'm like, how can I have psoriasis? It's a gut issue. And, you yeah. know, I'm thinking, okay, well, my gut microbiome must be pretty balanced. But it wasn't psoriasis. It was just a contact dermatitis. But because I didn't know what it was, I was continuing to use stuff that had, you know, linalool in it. But essential oils have linalool. 
And I love yeah. essential oils. I just can't use them on my face or on my hands. Yeah. So once I knew that, I thought, okay, that's fine. So my skin's absolutely fine. I don't have any problems anymore because yeah. I figured that out. But I mean, again, if more people would maybe think, okay, if you have a, a symptom, don't just immediately go and think, okay, I need to get a drug to sort that out. Think, what is your body trying to tell you? Because your body gives you wee signals. Ah, yeah. Oh, I've got a bit of a headache. Oh, just go and get some. If, you, if it continues, and what happens is if you don't listen, you get a bigger and bigger and a stronger and a stronger message until you get hit over the head with a big mallet. And it's like, would you pay attention? I'm trying to tell you something. But that all comes back to your gut intuition. That's yeah. it's coming from your gut. Your gut intuition, your gut is trying to send messages to your brain. As I said, even with the food stuff, to try and tell you, again, depending on if you've got a good balance, if you've got a good balance of microbes in your gut, you will actually find that you'll start to eat better food because yeah. that message has been sent. Because those guys in your gut want to do a good job. They, need, they can't do it without being fed. So again, as I say, it's that diversity. It's eating, you know, not eating the same things all the time. And absolutely, if you don't have a serious gut issue to deal with, to start to eat more fibre, but eat more variety. It's not about eating five a day and eat the same five a day. If you yeah. do that, you feed a very small subsection of your gut. But sometimes if you have got health issues to deal with, then you do have to start a wee bit at a time. But again, even things as I said, Jen, things like herbs, parsley, flat leaf parsley, coriander, all your gorgeous herbs, all your nettles, I'm like nettle seeds at the moment, which yeah. I mean, they just give your body such a boost on so many different levels. Mm. So yeah, there's all, all sorts of things that you can do. Yeah. But, um, anyways, I say, I, I don't have all the answers for everyone, but again, what I would say to anyone, it doesn't matter where you're at with your health, you can improve it. You can totally yeah. improve it by addressing the amount of stress in your life, how you deal with stress, your diet, and start to have a wee look at your diet and think, well, okay, could I maybe stop eating as much sugar? Could I switch out my fizzy drinks and just drink plain water? Could I learn how to make some like kombucha? Could I do some sauerkraut? And I've now got a YouTube video, which I share how to do like a simple sauerkraut, how to make kimchi, how to make kombucha. It's not that difficult. Uh, yeah. And as I said, I've just shared it all on YouTube so people can see exactly. And again, if you want to things, yeah, and things like fermented foods, that's like super fertilizer for your gut bacteria. So they get all very excited when you eat stuff like sauerkraut and kimchi because it's giving them a real boost. And again, yeah. if you're feeding the good guys in your gut, they're going to then start working on your behalf. And it's yeah. like a, a, a real symbiotic relationship. We'd be dead without all our gut microbes. We would be totally mm -hmm. dead. We're only 10% yeah. human. That's a book that I'm reading, which is fascinating. And it is like, you know, we have more microbial genes than we have human genes. When they did the Human Genome Project, when I, I think it was in 2000, can't remember. And, you know, we had the, the technology to um, um, assess all the, 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 gene, the genes in the, in the human um, sort of um, makeup. So we did, did that and then discovered that we don't actually have that many human genes. We don't have much more than you would have in like a, like a fly. Or something like, how the hell is that? Because you only had like 220,000 human genomes. But when they then did the, the microbial one, we've got like 4.4 million microbial genes. Crazy. It's the microbes. They're the ones that actually do all of this stuff. And as we'd mentioned, we have different microbes on, our, on the surface of our skin, up our nose, under our armpits. In our gut, everywhere we have, we are colonised everywhere with microbes that are actually working to our benefit. 
only when they get out of balance uh, that they, they can then become a bit of a problem. But again, as I said, you know, these we, we have um, in, um, evolved with all of these microbes, we'd be dead without them. And it's like, you look at cows as well, they're double stomachs. Cows can't digest grass, but their gut microbes can. So they've got a separate stomach with all these microbes that digest the grass because they can't digest it. And again, yeah. there's loads of stuff that we can't digest. It goes through into our, uh, our large colon, which is food for our gut. And even if you go back to looking at like breast milk, for example, and for quite a while, it was like, why are there things in breast milk that we can't actually digest? I discovered, you know, it's because those um, components go through the baby's stomach into the colon and it feeds their gut microbe, it feeds their gut microbiome. So yeah. I just think that's really, really quite clever. You know, mm. and it's all these, you know, sort of things that, you know, that we, we didn't understand years ago, but we understand them now. Yeah. But again, I, the way that I would hope that, that, that medicine would go is that, it, it, that doing like um, microbiome testing would become more of a thing. So anybody yeah. that's going with a thing, okay, look, let's have a look at your gut. Okay, well, you're missing key groups of microbes, so let's try and sort that out instead of, you know, thinking everybody is ill because of a lack of a drug in their system. Yeah. And we're doing a blood test and coming back saying your bloods are all fine, so there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah, exactly. Of course it won't. And a lot yeah. of things don't. That's the thing. And again, mm. you know, as I say, going back to looking at, you know, nutrition, we, we need to be eating the food that's going to sustain our gut microbes. If we don't, it means that we our health is not going to be ideal. As I say, everyone has a weakness somewhere whether it's a digestion, it's a skin, it's a minute, everyone has. And you'll find, and again, as you know, periods when you're stressed, that's when that balance changes and the stress will tip you over into, for me, it's my skin. My skin will flare up if I'm really stressed. And it's nothing to do with what I'm actually eating. It's stress that causes that. Mm -hmm. And whether that causes an imbalance in my gut microbiome, I don't know. But that, that, as I say, is that I know that if I'm really stressed out, I need to be especially careful with my skin. And it's quite an, it's a fascinating thing, but it's so complicated, you know, yeah. because we've got, there's so much going on, you know, with all, all the, the different individual, you know, sort of things. And again, they don't even know what is an ideal microbiome because, you know, we know, as I said, the groups that are good and the ones that are bad, but there's a different balance. Everyone's different. And yeah. people even react differently to drugs depending on their gut microbiome. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's a massive thing, but to me, that should be the way forward. Yeah, but the, the problems. Yes, one of the problems with science taking yeah. this on is science always needs to replicate. It needs to be repeated yeah. for it to be able to be proven. And this is something that is that's impossible for this it's because impossible. it's unique as your fingerprint. Then and you know you the thing is, is even, trying, even trying to replicate that, John, because these bacteria live in our gut. It's like it's very difficult to grow them not in a gut situation because they, mm. they, you know they, they live in in the gut. That's where they live. You know, so you can't traditionally you would grow things in like petri dishes. You can't do it because they don't you grow. Do that, yeah. Yeah, so uh -huh. But again, okay, I mean, science has got, you know, has gone on in leaps and bounds, so there's all sorts of things that they can do. But the interesting thing is, even if they find like a microbe does something good, it doesn't do it for everybody. It depends, you know, on yourself. So there are some, what was it? I'm trying to remember now, I've just forgotten. There was a study that was done recently, and it was on, um, oh God, what was it? I've forgotten. It was some, something anyway that they were looking at, and it was the effect of, say, it was sugar. And something, and they had done the two. They had a, a group of people, but they'd looked at them, and half of them it had a positive effect, and half of them a no effect, in the other half. 
So again, you, you know, even if you're averaging out, out results, it doesn't really tie in that way because going back to, I, I used to work in whiskey research. I was a food science researcher and when we, we used to do a lot of um, sensory work. So I had a panel of people who were assessed to assess, you know, assess all the different flavor notes in whiskies. And it, it was Isla, the Isla whiskies always divided, a t the, divided opinion. What we had at the bottom was like a hedonic score, which was how much people liked them. So if you looked at the average of an Isle of Whiskey, you, it would always average out about four or five. But if you looked at it individually, people either hated it or loved it. So you would have people that would score it two, but you had people that scored it nine because yeah. it was so distinct. So if you average that out, that doesn't really tell you anything. You look no. at either end, you're like that, oh, yeah, hang on a minute. That works really well for that group of people. Doesn't yeah. do anything for that group of people. So again, it isn't even, you can't really generalize, but there is so much more research money going in to research in the gut microbiome that, I'm, that I think that is, that's the way forwards. And if people went, you know, went to the doctors and had an issue, the first thing should be a stool test to check their gut microbes. But again, as I say, that is something that is not static. Your gut microbiome is not static. It changes on a daily basis. What you eat today, well, you know, is what your health's going to be tomorrow. Yeah. So again, and again, it's not easy to replicate that, you know, and I know, okay, a lot of um, studies are done, it's animal studies or it's studies that are then extrapolated back to a human um, situation. And it's, you know, again, uh, I'm a scientist, but it, it, some things are just very difficult to replicate. And again, just work different in different people. And again, even going back to the whole obesity thing and the whole losing weight, I mean, one of the guys who's the main guy in um, uh, obesity said, you know what, obesity, it's not rocket science, it's a hell of a lot more complicated than that because it's so many other things that are involved. It's not so much just what you eat, you know, you eat this much and it's totally different to that. And again, that's massively linked to microbiome stuff as well. Uh, and again, going back to high risk groups and people that are in high risk groups, these are the people that need to actually be a bit more aware of what they're actually eating. Because if you are in a high risk group, you can, you know, probably, I'm not saying, okay, if you have a long held condition that you can't change, but what you can do is you can still support your immune system by yeah. choosing to eat the foods that will support, you know, those microbes that are in your gut. And again, your immunity, 80% of it is in your gut, is massively impacted by you know, the foods that you eat. So even if you are on a restricted diet, you can still have a wee look and think, okay, well, what could I eat today that is maybe going to sort of, you know, sustain my gut microbes? And, and, and as we said too, it's not all about piling in loads of fiber. If you've got a gut issue, you can't do that. And that's going to create more inflammation. So you have to, it's a wee bit, you know, sort of a wee step at a time. But as yeah. I said, things like dark chocolate, olives have got loads of polyphenols, all your beautiful herbs, all your, your herbs and things. So you can eat these types of things which will sustain your gut as well. So it's not all about eating tons of fiber. And berries, again, berries are a fantastic source of polyphenols. There's loads of wild raspberries about just now. I don't know if there's any down your way, Jen, that you find loads yeah. yeah, there's loads of, loads about, which is really yeah. exciting. Chris will go out, he goes over to allotment and he'll come back with handfuls of berries that he's, he's yeah. managed to get. still getting... <laughs> It's a very handy snack. We just eat them as we go out. But I mean, again, it's just there's so much stuff out there. 
yeah. you know, that again, traditionally, we've just lost the knowledge. And I know Vicky is the, you know, does the foraging walk. Her foraging walks are brilliant. I went one last week. Oh, um, I saw that, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was the best day. It was fantastic fun, you know, walking along the, and just, and I know quite a lot about it, but obviously I don't know anyone near as much as Vicky does because she's yeah. sort of for foraging as I'm, as, with fermenting stuff. Yeah. But what I do is, again, what I'll share with the foraging stuff is stuff that people won't get mixed up, like nettles. Everyone knows what nettles are. Dandelions, everyone knows them. Again, yeah. you start to do the collecting stuff. And, you know, if you're not sure, okay, there are some plants that are toxic that will kill you. So, again, it goes back to that whole thing. You know, it's not all about, you know, just go out and, you know, eat whatever you can find. That's not the case at all. There's loads yeah. and loads of beneficial stuff, but there's equally loads of stuff that's toxic. So, just yeah. because something grows wild doesn't mean it's good for you. Yeah, you definitely, I but, think. You definitely need good books and or somebody to take you out on a walk to physically point stuff out to you and go, you can eat this, do not eat this. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And again, as I say, I, I I love mushrooms. I mean, that that's a thing that I wouldn't I wouldn't I mean I wouldn't pick mushrooms other than I know chanterelle mushrooms, which are absolutely delicious. I love them, but I'm going to go on a on a mushroom foraging course before I would. So I would never tell anyone, oh yeah, that's a eat that. That's an edible mushroom. Uh, no, because people die from eating mushrooms that are actually the wrong one. So I would absolutely never be telling anyone, yeah, that's fine. You go and eat that. Or you have a good time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the magic variety. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can do that that kind of magic in my life, Jen. Thank you. There's plenty more magic to be had. I want some enlightenment. We're going to take yeah. some magic mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would be too scared. I'm a big beauty. I come from a yeah. I I'm not that keen on them experimenting with things that I don't know about. I need to know what it is first and then I'm like, okay, maybe I'll try it. But no, I haven't never tried the magic mushroom. But anyway, all mushrooms are magic because they're very good yeah. for your health. Yeah, all mushrooms have got psilocybin in them, and that's the active ingredient in magic mushrooms that they're just yeah. in much different um, vol like vol yeah, concentration. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. yeah, I know. But again, as I say, they're all they're all good. So, so anyways, I say there's all sorts of things you can do. But again, you know, it's like a full time job. If you have a health issue, trying to think, okay, gather some knowledge. That's what I would say to anyone. Don't ever think I am just stuck where I am. No, you're not. You know, and again, as I say, it's all—it's not just all about the foods that you eat. It's about your your fantastic because you do all your yoga and stuff. It's about connecting. It's getting things flowing, getting things moving. As yeah. you know, your lymph—it it gets stuck if you just sit all the time. So get up and get out. What I tend to do is I go for foraging. What I go for walks. Take the dogs for a walk. Take my wee bag and I go and collect either wild raspberries or at the moment it's nettles, but they're a bit jaggy, so I need my gloves and my scissors for them. Yeah. You know, but again, there's all sorts of things you can do that just sustain your health in so many different levels but again no, I do think Jen that people are becoming more interested and and because there's more of us speaking out and saying to people yeah. you know what you don't have to believe everything that doctors tell you they don't know everything a lot of the time doctors are just trying the best they can with the knowledge that they have but again as I say drugs don't work the same for everyone they absolutely don't and yeah. the way that people respond to things is different again because again it all comes back to your gut microbes so uh, there's a, 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 it would be fantastic if we had instead of people going to the doctor, people could go get their gut microbe um, checked and then say, right, okay, well, you go to your workshop, Janice, really how you make fantastic food that you can eat that will sustain your gut and it'll taste delicious and it'll sort out your health and loads of other levels as well. Yeah. But sadly, I think we're a very long way away from that happening. But anyway. We can hope, we can hope. <laughs> and that, that would be a wonderful thing, wouldn't it? 
if you went along to the doctors and that, like, here's me, like making sauerkraut in the lobby, I'm like, no, sorry, you're not getting antibiotics today. I'm going to show you how to make some sauerkraut. <laughs> go, oh, you need a cabbage and some salt in a glass jar. I would love that. That would be great. It's the the yeah. dream line. Very easy. <laughs> this has been amazing thank you so much for oh, really. your... I could chat to you forever but uh, you know I, me. Mean, I could speak to you all day and all night and I think we still wouldn't scratch the surface no, of, no. of everything like you're, you're a very wise one so what I'll do is I'll put the links for those um, videos for the fermented yeah. Uh, um, kimchi and, and, and there's, there's quite a few other ones as well Jen I just started it because I thought it would be quite a good some people don't learn by reading yeah some people are visual people so again yeah. there's a bit of chat ever just talking people through things uh, and again mm -hmm. so as I say you can subscribe to the YouTube channel just called Nourished by Nature um, yeah. I, I think I've got about maybe 10 videos on it but as I say it's, it's a bit of a challenge trying to do YouTube videos too many dogs in the house there's kids either side there's loads of building work going on so I'm like oh and I, I only get one taking it because I don't have like loads of food I'm like okay once I've chopped up all my cabbage I'll have well, I've done it I can't go back and do it again I only have one yeah. but anyway as I say it's, it's useful it's yeah, well, that's it. That, that's just life. Yeah, I think that's the overproduced, overpolished videos are a thing of the past and things yeah. for TV production companies when it's us humans sharing our yeah. knowledge. Yeah. Fuck the perfectionism. Well, well, yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, so that, that suits me totally fine because yeah, I'm trying to be better. I did <laughs> used to create chaos in the kitchen, Jen, but not anymore. I'm working on my self-limiting beliefs, so now you know I get up early in the morning. I do stuff. Yeah. I do things one at a time because before I used to had so many different things. I would just create absolute chaos, but doing one yeah. thing and anybody doing something else. So I don't do that anymore. I just create yeah. a, a, a much much less chaos. So no, I create yeah. magic in the kitchen. That's what I do. That's my new thing. Don't create chaos oh. at all. No magical transformation. Yes. Oh. Thank you so much. Oh, Thank you're very you. welcome, Jen. Oh, Great to see you looking so well. And um, hopefully I'll see you. you in person at some point. Come over for lunch. I've missed having people for lunch. I've been oh, very happy. You know how much I love like... to feed people and talk to people. Like... <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, I better... Thanks for listening and remember to leave a review and subscribe over on iTunes or SoundCloud and check out what's going on at IamJenWilson.com or head over to Instagram and give us a follow just following IamJenWilson.